Over the course of my 10 years here, I've um, <clears throat> had the privilege of opening up these farewell discourses of Jesus many times, and so maybe sometimes I uh, take it for granted that, that we know the context that we're in here. Um, <clears throat> I wonder when you're going away, um, what you leave for those that are left. Um, we have a one-year-old, quite lively puppy at home. And so when we leave, there's unease in the soul of Jed, you can tell. And Janice always gives him that little pep talk, and then he gets a particular treat if we're going away for a number of hours. And he's almost got to the point where he's saying, here, we'll just clear off, I can do with the treat. But uh, I don't think it's quite like that. It's the same if you're going somewhere, you might say, look, um, there's food in the fridge and if you need to ring anybody and da-da-da-da-da, if you're leaving. Well, the disciples are in a bit of a space here because we're really, really close to the cross and Jesus is aware of that and they're very unsure about that. In fact, very fuzzy about that altogether, and he's starting to move into these conversations, and you could understand the consternation, particularly when he says, and they're not sure how, but he's going to leave them. Where's he going, and how's he going, and they, he doesn't really, well, he has told them that, but they haven't got any handle on that, and, and so there's this fear building up in the group, an emotional fear building up in the group, and Jesus is trying with these last words that John records before the cross, lengthy chapters, he's trying to get them sorted. I'm going, but look, this is how it's going to be. And when we come to <clears throat> the reading that Alan did today, I could have took off in two or three angles in that. It's really rich. Um, that first verse is a great verse and coming out of last week where we love because uh, we love others because we love God and we are not about the law. We're not doing things because we have to or because of the ritual, but we're doing it out of some sense of understanding who this Jesus is and wanting to do it because we have this respect and, and love and adoration for him. That's there at the start of the reading. And then we could have went and we will get to later on the whole peace thing. But in the middle, there's this thing that probably on Tuesday morning, Tuesday evening, probably wasn't my key to where we might go. And then we were meeting, discussing events as a staff on Wednesday at lunch, and I mentioned this passage, and I mentioned the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the advocate, and Paul says, oh, I remember hearing somebody preaching that once, and I was thinking, here, well, have you, have you any notes? Did you take any notes? And he said, and somebody sang, stand by me just before it. And the guy that got up, and it might have been Desi Maxwell. Paul, I don't think, was quite sure who it was, but um, it might have been Desi Maxwell said, everything you want to know about this verse of the Holy Spirit as the paraclete and advocate is in that song. That song explains it all. To which point I was on with Claire saying, can we do Stand By Me on uh, Sunday morning? We weren't sure for a time or two, but then here we are. So it was interesting for me then when I went away from Wednesday lunch and started to read some commentaries around this that two of the, um, <clears throat> the translations of paraclete or advocate, it's, it's um, 
translator advocate in our reading today are called to one side and called along beside. Stand by me. When the night is come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see. No, I won't be afraid. Don't be afraid because of peace I give you. No, I won't be afraid just as long as you stand by me. Jesus, I'm on my way here. i back to the Father and you should be pleased about that, but I'm not leaving you as orphans. There's a paraclete, the advocate, the counselor, the comforter. The Holy Spirit is going to come beside you. And last night in the um, uh, high-filled emotion of a stadium gig in Ward Park, if you live in Bangor and you weren't at it, apologies. I apologize to a wee woman as we were walking up the road after it. Um, Snow Patrol were singing, and I thought, that's it again. Light up, light up, as if you have a choice. There's a wee bit of Calvinism in that song. Not sure where I'm not even sure Ian Archer would know what Calvinism is. He grew up independent Methodist. But uh, light up, light up, as if you have a choice. Even if you cannot hear my voice, I'll be right beside you. Stand by me. Somebody right beside you, even though you can't hear their voice, maybe can't even see them. And before that, Foy Vance, another Northern Ireland singer, had sung maybe his most famous song simply because Ed Sheeran sings on it, Guiding Light, and had dedicated it to the Archer family. Ian had lost his mum a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he dedicated this song, Guiding Light, and then Ian and Miriam um, got up to sing it. Well, the night is still, and I have not yet lost my will. Oh, I will keep moving on till I find my way home. When I need to get home, you're my guiding light. Somebody beside him. And Foy was singing it to the Archer family as a comforting song, as a cathartic song on the loss of a mother, counselor, comforter, advocate. All these words we have about the Holy Spirit. Jesus was saying, don't panic. I've left you some food in the fridge. You will get through because the Holy Spirit is coming. Chapter 14, verse 16, an everlasting comforter. Verse 17, the spirit of truth that will lead us into all truth. 1426, the teacher and reminder of all the things that Christ taught us. Chapter 16 and verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak in his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. So there's something here where the Holy Spirit is going along with us. And he's guiding us into the future. And as we take that step by step, there's a kind of two things the Holy Spirit's doing because he's telling us all the things that Jesus taught us and he's leading us into all that truth. But here in chapter 16, he will disclose to you what's to come as well. And that'll probably be through what the scriptures are. But there's a looking back at what Jesus taught and a reminder of that, but then an application of that into the different futures that the church would have further down the road. Don't let your hearts be troubled because the Spirit is beside you. Now, we'll come to Pentecost. That's on the 9th. We'll get to there. And the Holy Spirit at times comes like a bit of a hurricane, Um, but not all the time. In fact, not most of the time. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit comes just like this. He walks beside us, within us, the Father and I will set up a home within you, Jesus says in these, in, the, in, in these discourses. He's there. We might not see him being there, 
we might not hear, but somehow there's a companion standing by us, an advocate for us, a comforter dealing with our grief, somebody help us to understand and guide us in the ways that are ahead. The paraclete. Standing by us. We can all feel that and understand that. And are our hearts not troubled a lot? When we prayed earlier about the personal within our community, was there not so many things and so many people that come into our minds? But the Spirit's there not just to be there, but to be comforter, counselor, leader into truth, guiding us through. Do not let your hearts be troubled. This chapter started with those words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And Jesus returns to them here later on in the chapter. And he says, I'm bringing you a deeper peace than the one the world has. Contrasts it with the world. Now, interestingly, Jesus was born into a time when there was what they called the Pax Romana. This was a time of almost universal peace across the Roman Empire. From maybe, I'm told, AD or BC, 27 BC to maybe 180 AD. Now, let's not get any um, ideas that that was a luxurious time because uh, they're putting... Jews up on crosses all over the country during this peace time. But it's a time uh, of peace from war as such. The Romans are in control and there's not so many wars going on. Pax Romana. So, so Jesus is speaking to people who are maybe beginning to understand that they're not fighting in any wars like David was back in the day. And he says, but this is a peace that the world doesn't give. This is different than the institutional empire dominated by violence peace that is going on around you. This is not a new wars happening peace. This is something far more than that. This is a different kind of peace. And it wouldn't take much for the commentators that I was reading for us to see that this was the shalom peace that has been a thread throughout the entire scriptures. A shalom peace that talks about a personal wholeness and well-being as well as a societal peace and well-being. So those verses in Jeremiah 29 where we pray for the city, for its peace and prosperity or its peace and its well-being, that's something that will happen in our communities. But the disciples here are feeling it as part of their own journeys of faith. A peace that's personal, and a peace that's societal, a wholeness of peace. In a world that personal people are personally not finding peace, they're not finding satisfaction or what they're looking for because they're searching for love and security and significance and hope in a world that doesn't seem to have any of those, or at least when they find them, they seem to be too easily breakable. Jesus comes with the love that we're looking for, the eternal security that we're looking for, the significance of who we are in Him and that He walks beside us and the hope and almost the miraculous that that brings to us. The peace that the world longs for, the calm that the world longs for, 
that maybe the yacht club or the tennis club or the golf club this particular Sunday morning will not really fulfill. We come and hear about a companion that will come with us to lead us into all truth, that in the depths of our soul we will find this love, that in the depths of our soul we'll find a security in this love, significance. Anytime I go to seminars on suicide, they talk about people not having a sense of significance in their lives, not having a sense of meaning or purpose. They can't find the peace of their own significance. And Jesus calls us in and says, you're heirs of the Father and joint heirs with Jesus. And there's a purpose here because when the grace and the blessing comes to you, you're going to then go and be part of the sharing of that to the nations, to the society around you, to the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. So the Holy Spirit does come as a hurricane force at times, but in an everyday basis, it's just that gentle breeze, that gentle companionship. We're not left, and, and, and should I say here that the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> St. Rosanna was pondering it this week, and you know this, but you kind of wrestle with it or you think about it and you unravel it a wee bit. It would be very easy for Jesus to have said, look, I'm going to the Father, and don't worry, because the Holy Spirit's going to come and continue my work. That's not the deal. That'd be quite an easy deal. Because what we could do is we could close our eyes and we could say, Lord, Arlene and Michelle, Holy Spirit, sort it out. We're away for lunch. No, the Holy Spirit's never, never suggested that he's coming to continue the work that Jesus did. The disciples are the people that are continuing the work that Jesus did. The Holy Spirit's the companion along the way to enable them to do it. The Holy Spirit's not somebody that we call to to sort out all the problems we have in our families or in our neighborhoods or in our own lives. We're the dudes that have to do that. We're the conduits of God's love. The church is the continuation of what Jesus did in the world. And the Holy Spirit comes in order to give us the gentle breeze or at times even maybe the hurricane force to be able to do it. And part of that is certainly peacemaking. Part of that is certainly not only praying for peace and prosperity and well-being in our city, but living for it. So how are we doing? Are we peacemakers? Are we reconcilers? Maybe we're passive peacemakers. Maybe we would like the idea of peace. Oh, I'd love to read Jerry's book. I read Ken's book and I thought that was great. It's really good, the Clonard Fitzroy Fellowship, and I've even gone to some Four Corners Festival events. I'm really for that. But is it a passive peacemaking? Or as we read in Psalm 68, that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among the people, we are the people to take the peace and the reconciliation in the words that we say in our conversations, in the relationships that we have, and in the symbols of the relationships we have. Are we looking for institutional peace or societal kingdom coming peace and peace deep within people's lives and souls? We're the ones that have to go and do it. We're the ones that Jesus left to do it, but he didn't leave us alone. 
He left us with a companion to stand by us. So light up, light up, as if you have a choice. Even if you cannot hear my voice, I'll be right beside you. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we don't travel the journey alone. As we were thinking with Jim and Brendan last Sunday night, the depth of the mess of our own lives and the mess of the world around us, as we go deeper into that and try to bring some healing and peace and love into that, we thank you that you call us to go and do it, but that you don't leave us alone to do it, that the Holy Spirit comes to be by our side, to be our companion, to be our comforter, to lead us into truth, to guide us, and to enable us, the church, to continue the work that Jesus did. Again, Lord, as we did halfway through the service, we open our hands and we offer ourselves. Do not be afraid to go out into the world, you tell us. But go and share my salvation with individuals. Share the peace that I have given you with others. Live a life that brings peace and prosperity to the city because if you do, you find the blessing of living in a peaceful and prosperous place. Lord, you call us to do that which Jesus did. You give us the spirit as the energy to do it. As the Father has sent Jesus, so Jesus sends us. We go, Lord, in your name and with our trust that the Spirit is at our side. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.